Welcome to The Art of Significance with your host, Hall of Fame speaker, New York Times bestselling author, university professor, gold record songwriter, and award-winning athlete, Dan Clark. Get ready for engaging discussions with some of the most influential people in the world who will impart their wisdom, stories, and inspiration on why and how to achieve the level beyond success. Now here's your host, Dan Clark. Welcome, welcome. As I say every show, I am so honored to be on this VoiceAmerica.com radio network. Jeff Spinard's one of my heroes, owner, founder, creative genius behind it all, and so eloquently named this particular channel the Influencers Channel. So obviously my title is The Art of Significance Achieving the Level Beyond Success. And I always try to focus in on music or dance or entrepreneurship or some individual in our world who has created some movement or has championed some cause that is influencing our behavior, changing our minds, making the world a better place. The reason why I love to focus in on the arts is because we all know that we don't learn critical thinking skills through math and science. We learn critical thinking skills through the arts through music, and uh, when we fly Mach 2 with our hair on fire in a fighter jet, if you recall one of my stories from past shows, when I had an opportunity to fly my first fighter jet, I've flown all the fighter jets in the Air Force, all the bombers, but my first experience in a fighter jet was in an F-18 out of Patuxent River, Maryland. He was a, a Navy test pilot, and we went twice the speed of sound, caught 7.1 Gs, and after we landed and I put my face back where it belonged, <laughs> and yes, those of you who are wondering, did I pop my cookies? Yes, I was upside down so long, I think I'm the only human being who's ever thrown down. <laughs> when we completed our flight uh, airborne for way over 90 minutes, I asked my pilot, how do we fly Or how did we fly this magnificent F-18? And it is the high-tech, state-of-the-art, flying war machine, if you will. The cockpit is crammed full of gauges and gadgets, bumper-to-bumper high technology. And I said to my pilot, how did we fly this magnificent machine? How did we go supersonic? And he said, by feel. I said, what do you mean? He said, you became the plane. I said, what do you mean? He said, when you climbed up that ladder and slid into the cockpit, did you strap into the F-18 or did you strap the F-18 onto you? So yes, we even fly a high-performance jet and live a high-performance life with the right side of our brain, the touchy-feely, relational, uh, laughing, crying, emotional side And that's what brings the best version of ourselves out personally and professionally. I bring this up because my guest today, my solo guest for the entire show, is a dear, dear friend whom I've had on the show before, Kim Del Grosso. And we're going to talk exclusively about dance and how she's used her money, her resources, her talent, her passion for dance and and performing arts, and how she's used all of her influence to change, literally change the lives of hundreds and hundreds of young men and young women through this medium we call dance. 
So let me just cut right to the chase. I believe, and I hope all of you will subscribe to my belief, that actually, bottom line, life is a dance. And the lyrics to two country songs pretty much sum up what I'm trying to say. Garth Brooks sings, looking back on the memory of the dance we shared beneath the stars above for a moment, all the world was right. How could I have known you'd ever say goodbye? And now I'm glad I didn't know the way it all would end, the way it all would go. Our lives are better left to chance. I could have missed the pain, but I'd have had to miss the dance. Very important song to me and my family, especially defining the relationship between myself and my dad. A song that actually helped me heal and and mourn the loss of my father way back in 1990 when Garth Brooks just came out as a breakout artist. And Miss Leanne Womack sings the second song referring to a dance where she simply puts it into this package of words, promise me that you'll give faith a fighting chance. And when you get the choice to sit it out or dance, I hope you dance. I hope you dance. And as I said, I believe life is a dance in both our personal and our professional lives. And each of us currently has our own dance steps. If you think about it and maybe answer to yourself, if your dance is this, it's fairly boring. Wake up, go to work, go home, go to bed. Sounds to me like you're flying your fighter jet from the left brain cognitive psychobabbling neurotechnical boring side instead of from the emotional relational touchy feely exciting side again is your dance wake up go to work go home go to bed wake up go to work go home go to bed if so we got to fire up and you should never miss another show again <laughs> maybe you're a working mom so your dance step is more like wake up Go to work, go home, go back to work, go to bed. (laughs) Or maybe you're a single working mom whose man has left you high and dry with babies and bills. So your dance step is probably even more deliberate and with an attitude, wake up, I hate men. Go to work, I really hate men. Go back home, all men are pigs and should be shot. Go back to work, how dare he leave me for that little bee. Let's kill them all. Go to bed. (laughs) Regardless of our dance steps, the good news is that we can change them. And in every dance competition, we are judged on three major elements. I write speeches for a lot of celebrities, one of whom is Derek Huff from Dancing with the Stars and the World of Dance on TV with J-Lo. He's a friend. He's a family friend. His uh, dad is a great close friend who I admire and and I look up to in so many ways. He inspires me at every level. So as I had a chance to have Derek in my basement uh, a couple of times and interview him and record his interview of over five hours and pulled out the guitar and we played a couple of tunes or whatever the case may be, in that interview as I helped him prepare his thoughts to write a keynote speech that he can deliver, He helped me understand, again, that in every dance competition, we are judged on three major elements, technicality, performance, and content. Think about it. Technicality is the technique, the finely tuned skill set that allows you to execute the task or movement at the highest level of proficiency. Technicality 
it means that you're doing it correctly. Perfectly straight feet, straight legs, pointed toes, constant traction, synchronized movements, and speed between partners. And it's all centered, and you're all centered in your turns. We're talking technicality. It's the skill with which you do your job. So let's bounce out of the world of dance, and you equate this understanding into your job description and your profession. Again, technicality is the skill with which you do your job as an accountant, a sales manager, an actor, a nurse, an educator, a dance teacher, engineer, administrative assistant, television producer. It matters not. Technical is what happens when you tuck this and tighten that with the perfect posture and what happens when this muscle moves, which is connected to this body part to connect one movement to the next in a beautiful fluid motion. (laughs) In leadership, management, parenting, coaching, sales, customer service, and in being a good neighbor and an amazing friend, technical expertise is what we say. Technicality is a focus on ourselves, cold and calculated. The second element we are judged on in a dance competition is called performance. Performance is the connection you have with the audience. It's the connection with your customers. It's the connection with your employees, the connection you have with your family, your children, your friends. Our our performance is what makes our technical skill come alive. Think about it. If you're an amazing dancer, you could do the most basic routine, but make it amazing. It's the way I hold something and the way I just simply look with intensity or more quickly and the passion and meaning I bring to the moment that gives it value. Not necessarily what I am doing as a dancer. A perfectly executed and technically sound move looks so easy that anybody believes they can do it until they attempt it. Ha! So whatever job you might be in or responsibility you have, performance expertise is how we say it. Again, technicality, it's what we say. Performance is how we say it. We all appreciate the skill of a technical dancer and the hundreds of practice hours that went into their development. But we don't feel anything when they dance. On the flip side, we can see somebody performing what's Got all of the who has all the charisma in the world, but we're cringing because it doesn't look very nice. I don't know how many of you are dancers or musicians or are listening to the show, but is there a difference between going through the motions of minimum requirement and merely marking the steps and just playing the notes or singing on pitch versus letting the music move you so deeply? that you passionately interpret it through choreographed movement. And as a musician, you become part of the instrument to share the magnificent message the composer is hoping you'll share. Let me ask it in a different way. Is the difference between a singer and an artist, a, a difference between Celine Dion and someone who won the National Karaoke Championship? Yeah, both of them have voices and both of them hit every note on pitch. Yes. Being technically sound is important and being a great performer is equally important, but, and this is the giant but that will take us into the break waiting for the magnificent Kim Del Grosso to join us. But one without the other is disastrous. Again, we can be technically sound and a great performer, but one without the other is disastrous. You don't want to have all of the skills and all of the technique if you don't have the performance element of it. 
taking pride in the way you do it, the way you share it, and the way you accomplish something. This brings us to the third and final element we are judged on in a dance competition called content. Content is the actual dance number, the piece of music or specific job that we choose or someone else chooses for us to perform. It's the moment of truth when we decide to either push ourselves beyond our past best personal performance or take the easy road of complacent minimum requirement. Content has a hello and a goodbye, a beginning and an end to the assignment so we know when and where to start and when we are finished. Most importantly, content is clarifying the purpose of the task, the why we are dancing, the why we are playing and doing our job, the why we do anything, which dictates the specific technical elements required to accomplish the task and the necessary motivation to want to perform it to the best of our ability. With all due respect, if you are anything like most of the groups I've had the privilege of speaking for or perhaps interacting with on a daily basis, I know there are a lot of people out there who are very good at what you do. Technically, in every day, you come to work and you perform from eight to five and do a great job and you return the next day and again and do a great job but the same job to do the same level of performance. Yes, this is acceptable to your employer, but my question is, is it acceptable to you? The third element of becoming a champion in any industry in every aspect of our lives, especially as a dance champion, as a Derek Huff world champion, we call content. What is what really sets us apart from our coworkers, our teammates, fellow teachers, managers, leaders, entrepreneurs, it doesn't matter. The champions in life in every field of endeavor feel the constant challenge to take the content up a notch, to raise a notch, to, to raise their bar. Champions in every field know that if we are not stretching and pushing ourselves to the ultimate capacity and potential as human beings, someone else somewhere else is, And when we meet him and meet her, they will win. Most people just show up and clock in. And what we need to do is do more than that, understanding what we learn from the world of dance. So as I formally introduce Kim and then just go to a quick commercial break so we can spend the rest of the time with her, remember what we've talked about to set the tone, to set the stage for this magnificent interview with Kim Del Grosso. When anyone is in a dance competition, again, they are judged on three major elements, technicality, performance, and content. And Kim Del Grosso, my only guest today, is an expert in all of these as she epitomizes each of them in her everyday life, not just at work at her amazing, famous center stage studio, but offstage is is an incredible human being. To uh, prime the pump before we, we, we turn the time over to her and our conversation, Kim Del Grosso has studied and loved dance from an early age, training at the Ballet Center in Denver, Colorado. Kim opened her first dance studio in Colorado before moving her young family of five children to our Utah, where she bought into a small studio called Center Stage Performing Arts Studios and and formed the groundbreaking Odyssey Dance Theater with business partner Daryl Yeager, whom I also know. 
Nearly 30 years later, Kim has watched Center Stage develop into one of the top performing art studios in the entire world, not just in the nation, with her daughters carrying on the legacy of the studio by performing, choreographing, teaching, and directing in all areas of dance. You think about it, when you watch Dancing with the Stars, when you watch the world of dance, and now America's Got Talent, when you see So You Think You Can Dance, so many of the experts, so many of the pros on those shows, and especially the new and upcoming contestants come from her center stage studio, her center stage for the performing arts studios right here in my beloved Utah. Don't go anywhere Let's quickly go to a commercial break. It gives you time to gather your friends and family and partners and spouses around your computer, around this broadcast, so that you can actually understand what it really takes to raise significant children, what it really takes to turn your successful child into a significant human being, what it really takes for you to take some basic dance moves and turn it into a breathtaking, extraordinary, Grammy Award-winning, Academy Award-winning dance performance. Don't go anywhere. I love Kim Del Grosso. We'll be back with her in just a moment. Change starts here. Change starts now. Join us, the Voice America Influencers Channel. If you're an event meeting planner like me, you have two ongoing challenges. You can't afford to have a speaker who bombs. And when you do have an amazing speaker, who in the world do you bring into next year's meeting that will top them? Well, you never have to worry again. Book Dan Clark. Dan Clark is one of the most incredible human beings on the planet. He's been named one of the top 10 speakers in the world. He's known for customizing his speech around your meeting theme. So your people leave with benefits that last a lifetime. Here's the number, 1-800-676-1121. Or just visit danclark.com. Become a member of voiceamerica.com. It's easy and best of all, it's free. Start out by going to our homepage or any of our channels and click register at the top. Once you've created an account and signed in, you can create your own custom library, opt into our newsletter, search by show, host, guest, or topic of interest, or browse millions of hours of content across all of our Voice America radio channels. Membership gets you more. Visit voiceamerica.com today to get started and tailor the listening experience to your taste. These days, everyone is looking for information on staying young, healthy, and fit. The Voice America Health and Wellness Network is here to help you on your quest to better health and a better you. We talk about everything from diet, fitness, and aging to substance abuse, personal growth, mental health, and much more. Learn from our experts who cover health and wellness from traditional and holistic perspectives. Tune in to the Voice America Health and Wellness Network. Healthy living starts here. Be sure to friend us on Facebook. You can do it right now. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for us at keyword Voice America. You're listening to The Art of Significance featuring your host, Dan Clark. If you want to join in on this week's discussion, give us a call at 1-866-472-5795. Again, that's 1-866-472-5795. 
or drop Dan a line via email to danclark at xmission.com. Now back to the Art of Significance. Here again is Dan Clark. Thanks. Welcome back, my friends. Hopefully you've gathered your friends and family around the computer, around your uh, your listening, watching device. Kim Del Grosso is my guest. I've had her on before. She's the owner, the founder of the famous, world-famous Center Stage Performing Arts Studios right here in Orem, Utah. Go figure. But when you tune into Dancing with the Stars, so you think you can dance, now America's Got Talent, when you watch the world of dance with J-Lo and Derek Huff. When you see any level of high performance dance on television, on stage, in the big screen, on the big screen, in the in the Hollywood environment, guaranteed, in my experience, there's at least one to some you know, one to fifteen thousand dancers from center stage that you're watching because they're so <laughs> they're so good. So Kim, let's just get right to the chase. Tie us into Again, your heart, how in the world did you discover that you could change young men's lives, young women's lives, families' lives through dance? Well, Dan, thank you for having me on. I'm a real fan of yours, and it's a huge honor to discuss something that's so dear to my heart. I I absolutely um, have such a strong belief in in dance and in movement and how it, it changes people and how it speaks to people. So... Um, in a nutshell, I was born a dancer, and I know people might think, oh, my goodness, I mean, there might be studies on it, but I literally, literally was born a dancer and had such love for it that from a very young age, um, I danced until I could have lessons in a little tiny town in South Dakota, um, then moved to Denver, and then moved up to Frisco, Colorado and opened my first studio, um, called Summit School of Dance, which I was very blessed to have Mandy Moore, the choreographer, um, come out of that studio, and we all know what's been happening with her. And then to, in, in well, the meantime, maybe, I'm maybe, giving birth maybe. to, I'm not only trying to train dancers and teach dancers, I'm trying to produce them physically, um, <laughs> and had three daughters at that time. Um, and then my husband took a job in, to Utah, I sold the studio, and bought into a little tiny studio called Center Stage, had three more daughters and with amazing partners and um, help from the Lord, literally, and just magic, um, we've been able to create this this institution, quite literally, that is producing the dancers that you are seeing on these shows. So you just kind of flippantly went over, all of us know who Mandy Moore is. I don't know if we do. Share a little bit about her and what's happened in the last week. Mandy Moore is an, an actually... She cannot be confused with the actress Mandy Moore, she keeps making sure everyone knows this, is a little girl that was brought to me in my Colorado studio by her wonderful mother, Wendy, and her father, Bob, who are actors and directors for theater, local theater. And she handed her to me and she said, look, I don't even know what to do with her. And from the moment I had this thought, this little girl, she honestly had the soul, old soul of a dancer and with unlimited talent. Um, we didn't know what we were doing in this little tiny town in Colorado, and this was years ago before there was competitions or anything, but we learned to dance together. Basically, this child is so genius. Um, I moved to Utah. She moved to L.A. and started her career doing different things and is now one of the... This is her second Emmy. Mandy won the Emmy last night um, in the creative arts category, 
for choreographers, and she it was her second. I was just at her house four weeks ago, staying at her house, and she has her first Emmy in this beautiful spot. She is a major, major choreographer and director for Dancing with the Stars and So You Think You Can Dance and numerous television shows and just the most amazing person I know. She she is so fair and so loving and so grounded that she is impacting so many lives. So she is this, if you look it up, you'll see uh, the pictures of her on social media um, being presented her Emmy um, by Derek Huff, who is another family member similar to you guys and to Mandy, to the Center Stage family, um, which left me just in awe to be sitting in, in that moment where you just have to take the time to love that moment where someone who was with you in another studio is being presented by someone like Derek, who danced at our studio and danced with my own daughters um, in ballroom. Uh, for an Emmy, so it was it was wonderful to see. It was a highlight of my career yesterday, actually. Absolutely, and so it's more than a play on words that you actually have physically brought people into the world with your six beautiful dancers who have changed the world. So, Mandy Moore, you, <laughs> yeah, you didn't bring, my you husband, didn't... my sweet husband. It's his birthday today. Happy birthday, John! Uh, happy birthday. He is a hockey player. He actually did the stats for the gold medal games for the Olympics. Um, a Detroit Vietnam vet who wanted uh, to have a hockey team. And instead we have two sons and six daughters. And, oh my um, gosh. and by the time that the last daughter came, I was just like kind of done. So we, we didn't go any farther than that, but um, <laughs> you know, I, uh, I just kept having girls and it's just been this amazing village experience to have all of my daughters working for me. Um, my entire family lives within 30 miles, and so we now have 23 grandchildren. Oh, my and, goodness. Um, just last night, we were having a birthday party, and all the girls are still working in dance and teaching and performing and choreographing all over the world. So Mandy Moore, she is the one who choreographed the um, the film musical La La Land. And because this show is called The Influencers Channel, or it's on The Influencers Channel, you think about how Mandy Moore came from your little studio in Colorado when you touched her life and and inspired her and then technically taught her about, about performance and content, the other judging elements in a dance competition. She moves to L.A. and because of your influence, Kim, and the influence of your daughters and the technical expertise and training that she received from you, she goes to L.A., and teams up with a film crew to bring back a live musical film in La La Land, which I believe was the precursor for allowing us to enjoy the uh, the Greatest Showman, based on the same kind of format as choreographed singing in a in, in a Hollywood film. So my whole point yeah. is, you yeah. you if you if you could add up the number of students who have actually come through your studio in Colorado and then mostly through Center Stage here in Utah, how many young men and young women do you think you've had as students over the years? I would say thousands, and I actually thought I would sit down. This particular year has been, um, if I can use that word, uh, mind blowing in the fact that. Jennifer Lopez in Opening World of Dance has created a format for excellent dancing. 
not just celebrity dancing, and it's a worldwide experience. Um, I'm very, very impressed with her team and what she's done. We've been on the show twice. This year, I have a ballroom team called The Pulse that made it just, uh, was just cut two weeks ago. I think many of your listeners who've been watching this will know that Jackson Willard, our African-American soloist, um, whose story about adoption has just changed the way people think about um, adoption and, and talent. Um, he was just cut last week, and the final is this week, and my duet, Andres and Charity, who received the first perfect score, are in the finals this week. Oh, my and gosh. And they will determine who wins the million dollars. So and that is happening this week, and that is three groups from our studio. Um, Dancing with the Stars Juniors is doing a whole new show for juniors, junior mentors and celebrity children or celebrity stars. Um, they called us, and we actually had five Utah little pros um, that did that show. That is a tape show. They will be on air next week as they launch the new Dancing with the Stars 27th season or something. Because it was taped, it will be shown on Sunday night. And that shows five of our little Utah dancers. They were there for seven weeks. And, um, and then just the, the everyday, like Mandy has such influence at So You Think You Can Dance. And so she's brought Heffa and Randy on to choreograph and um, Jenna from our studio. Um, so So You Think You Can Dance. And, on, and one week I had World of Dance dancers and So You Think You Can Dance dancers that we've had from the studio and Dancing with the Stars Studios our show all in one week and watching these kids reach their goals but in a way that I feel is very safe because of the child protection laws now with TV shows um, and just the examples these kids are has been absolutely, again, I use the word mind-blowing to sit back here and, and watch how beautiful life is and how things can create. I love it. So for all young mothers and fathers listening, um, how, how, do you, how do you make sure that your children, how would any of us make sure that our children have opportunities to explore their creativity and their passion and their imagination? Because there's countless TED Talks, there's countless research, there's countless white papers written on how our public school system is failing us because it's taking away our creativity. It's forcing us into a box that is so so obsolete that when we graduate from high school, there's really not a lot of jobs that we're prepared for. And when we pay huge bucks and graduate from college, most of the jobs available, we are not qualified for. And yet nobody seems to want to step up and, and fix it. So my personal experience, having written my books, my 34 books, and interviewing extraordinary people like you, I think the solution isn't to revamp our educational system per se, it's to give our children opportunities where they know that they can be creative, imaginative, they can unleash their passion, and they can you know, figure out a way to, to not just mark the steps as a dancer, but actually let the music move them to become, you know, these fluent performers. I, 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 I'm not saying it in the way I want to say it, but I know you know what I mean. What would you advise parents 
to do as they're trying to give opportunities to their children. You know, it's almost like every kid, male and female, should be put in dance classes at an early age just to learn about poise and self-confidence and balance and all these things that you're such an expert in. Talk to us about that. Just kind of dig deep and teach us what you've learned as a mother and as you've seen these kids come through your studio and how they've transformed their lives, you know, they've gained confidence because they're in front of a group performing. They've learned teamwork because they're part of a, of, of a, of a number. Just talk. I'll stop talking. I want you to really teach us. You know, it's, it's such an amazing thing what dance does for the brain and for the body. I feel like every single parent wants to to have their children experience something that will make them feel good and actually make them progress. There's a couple things happening in our nation right now. They have cut the arts programs in the school systems. They've also cut some of the physical education, so we're seeing obesity in children. We're also seeing the depression and the rise in suicides and things like this that come from being stagnant and not, I, I believe every single person on this earth can dance. And that's just my expertise is dance. But there are also other things. You're born with talents. I know it. I absolutely know that if you, every little town almost has a dance studio there. And yes, some may be more qualified and, and be more advanced and some may not be, but that isn't the question right now. It, it is if you have other choices. But right now, to, to take your child's educational system. Here in Utah, I have children that go to school until noon. And then they're homeschooled. And they might come to the studio and get some of their ballroom lessons done. And then go on and take their dance classes. To be a dancer, you can't choose that at 18. When you are 12, it's like your high school experience. When you're 16, it's like you're in a PhD. When you're 18, you better know how to dance. Uh, You can't just choose. Very few people can do this. So not only does dance work with the brain in mathematics and in movement, the musicality, the performance level, it is absolutely one of the best forms for a child to experience um, the things that they can express. I call dance a language. There There are kids that won't talk and are very shy, but they get out there and dance. I think as parents, we need to find ways to introduce the arts to our children. Um, in today's society, we know with social media, different things like this and YouTube, there are ways for these kids to be watching things, and that can be bad and good. There are things I wouldn't want children to see. But as a, as a responsible parent, putting on the nutcracker, they're even putting it in, in um, movie theaters so people can go to movie theaters if they aren't actually they don't have access to seeing a live one. Um, bringing it back to the basics, the classical music. Ballet's been around since the 1500s and for a reason. It's almost the religion of dance. And to let these dancers and these children experience this, the dance career is so beautiful. You may not be a beautiful dancer, but you may be a choreographer. You may be a teacher. You may be an editor. You may go off and break off into Pilates. Um, the, the lady who is the main producer of Dancing with the Stars came from a really well-known dance studio and has just worked herself into that position. Uh, on another hand, I think that it's excellent for children to, to be able to perform in front of their parents and, to, and their families. I also think that because I have a brain-injured child, that, that music and dance really strengthens the brain. Most of my students, in fact, I honestly don't even know of any that are failing school because I feel like it teaches them timing and it teaches their brains to learn things quickly. 
these dancers have to be able to be visual and auditory and be able to learn kinesthetically and they have to learn to be a team and they have to learn what that means and we we absolutely navigate um, social behaviors and social etiquette and and I'm just a strong believer I, I train many dance teachers in the summit called Dance Teacher Summit on on making their studios better and to have a strong recreational program. It may feel overwhelming for parents, but there are recreational dance programs in every city. I would I would you know I would guess. And even on a rec- on a recreational basis, allowing these children to move and to go into that zone and to put on the greatest showman and dance until they don't even know what time it is and to you know the therapy that is involved in that music and dancing would save a lot of people therapy money if they could just go out and move and not just children, adults. Find an adult class. Take your husband to a ballroom class. Um, go and see live companies. Support the arts and see how it changes your life. It changes your life. It, it brings a happiness level to families and to children um, and to the artists. We all want to be supported. That is is magical. There you have it. I hope people were taking copious notes. We need to go to a commercial break to help pay for this. Uh, this time we'll come back. My guest is Kim Del Grosso, who has studied dance since 1762. Uh, she is 107 years old, but looks like she's 30. This is an amazing experience to talk to this amazing woman on the on the show. But before we go to break, my friend, I want to just plant a seed so you can let it percolate. Okay. Because you because you've been experienced, you've you've been exposed to thousands and thousands of young people, young men and young women. I want you to help identify for us. Uh, how would a parent, how would a teacher, how would a coach um, identify the thoroughbreds in the class? What, what, what qualities stand out in a young boy, young girl at a young age <clears throat> that seem to be the molding qualities that allow them to become the superstars like a Derek and Julianne Huff, like all of your six daughters, like... You know, the, the folks that you and I know about, the Mandy Moores of the world, the Heffa Tweedas, and my daughter, Alex uh, Clark, she's coming on. I, I just want you to think about that for a moment and maybe give us a suggestion of the qualities that you think are most important that seem to be the, the, the reasons why someone goes from success to significance, why someone goes from average to superstar. Is that fair? That's great. I'll work <clears throat> on it right now. Right. Thank you. Okay, we'll be back in a moment. This is Dan Clark, VoiceAmerica.com, the Influencers Channel. And don't go anywhere. We'll be back in a moment with the amazing, famous Kim Del Grosso. This is the Voice America Influencers Channel. Be inspired. I just got out of a meeting where the unbelievable Dan Clark was the keynote speaker. He is clearly the most interesting man in the world. He's been into space. He reminded us to think bigger. He's a primary contributor to those chicken soup books. And he inspired all of us to make our lives matter. He taught us how to deal with change like he had to when he had to recover from a paralyzing football injury. Everybody needs to hear his message on leadership and safety and how he turns last place NFL teams into Super Bowl champions. Call this number. 
1-800-676-1121 and visit danclark.com. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog, Press Pass? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective. Plus topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite host. It's just a click away at VAPressPass.com. That's VAPressPass.com. VA Press Pass by Voice America. All access, all the time. Tune in to the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics, reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life, and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. You're listening to The Art of Significance, featuring your host, Dan Clark. If you want to join in on this week's discussion, give us a call at 1-866-472-5795. Again, that's 1-866-472-5795. Or drop Dan a line via email to Clark at xmission.com. Now back to The Art of Significance. Here again is Dan Clark. Welcome back. My guest has been Kim Del Grosso. She'll take us to the end of the show. And uh, for nearly 30 years, probably more than that now, Kim has watched Center Stage Performing Arts Studios here in Utah develop into one of the world's premier studios. And as I planted the seed before we went to break, Kim, let me come back to the question. What specific qualities do you think are required in a young man, a young woman, a boy, a girl that allow them to leap from good to great, to make that transition from just being average to wanting to be extraordinary? That's a really good question. The qualities that I look for when I'm looking at a dancer, and I have many dancers auditioned for me, I feel like starting at a young age and making sure that they are being taught correctly is one of the first things that a parent wants to do. But when I look at a child... There are children that walk in there who just are so in love with dance. And I feel that dance demands so much from you that you almost have to love it that much to do it if you want to reach the goal, the, the goals that some of these dancers have right now that are out in the world making a difference. Um, the body is a very important part of dancing. We have to be very honest about that. You know, one of the most beautiful feet in the world, I think she should be, um, she should ensure her feet is Kennedy Callis. She is now with the San Francisco Ballet. She came to us and was put on a, on a recreational team at the very beginning. And this girl has the most beautiful body and feet. You can find her pictures anywhere. That's always a big plus. The dance world loves line and loves the, 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 you know, the gorgeous extensions and things. Although, the beautiful thing about dance right now is that there's only certain dance styles that demand that. And that is what is so wonderful. If you have a child that is in there doing hip-hop and they may not have that extension or those legs or those feet, hip-hop alone 
and your daughter is one of the most brilliant hip-hop and jazz and contemporary dancers there is, yeah. is, is employing more dancers than the other style. And usually those kids that come in here that have that rhythm and, and love it so much, it is a very hard dance form. Anymore, hip-hop is so hard. I know from World of Dance, um, I'm blown away by hip-hop dancers and what they're doing to change the, the fabric of dance. There's also tap dancers. Tap has a huge revival right now. And we ourselves are doing a big push at our studio with tap, with strong tap teachers, bringing it back. Broadway is loving it right now. Broadway demands that people know how to tap and do musical theater and sing and dance. Ballroom is such the opposite of ballet in that ballroom does not want a very thin dancer. They want curvy girls. Um, and people don't have to have that extension or, you know, that, that ballet look to be in a dance form that actually pays more money than the others do. Um, there's modern, and people can go to school and, and be on modern companies. There's contemporary that doesn't demand, you know, the ballet body. All of these different dance styles have evolved because there was a need, and there, there is justified that you do not have to have the, the flexibility and extension in order to be a great dancer and that this, and society loves the, the other generation dances. So there was ballet and then the, the stepchild was going to be tap and oh my goodness, that's so far from ballet, you would never do it. And then the stepchild from tap was jazz and he would do jazz. And then the stepchild from jazz was hip hop. And mm. all along ballroom is kind of a young dance form, kind of the turn of the century, but it has come along also except for the waltz, et cetera, that's a, that's a later dance or an earlier dance form. So right now there is the ability for people to train and dance and for almost any body type, find a dance style that they love. I look for that. I look for someone who's a hard worker. You may have, I have had talented kids walk in there that all of us would just die for their body and their feet, but it doesn't speak to them. And even though we want it more than they do, they have other interests and that's totally fine. It is completely fine. So I look for someone who, who I say they don't just want to dance, they need to dance. I have parents come up and say they would be here 30 hours a week, I've got to stop them. That's almost the kind of dedication that these people that mm. are, are making it uh, in the dance world right now have to have. All they right, let me, they let, need to dance. They love to dance. They love to go to class. There's bad days and good days, but they, they really do love it. I look for people that have a strong health um, ethic. I personally have a production company and hire a lot of dancers. I look for dancers that take care of their bodies. They are not drug users or alcoholics or even smokers. I look for dancers that understand that their body is their tool. Um, I look for dancers that show up on time and don't get so big-headed that they think that they can walk in and out when they want to. Um, I feel that that's as important for me to train with these dancers than that they can dance. The biggest compliment is like someone who comes up and talks to me about Alex and says she's on time, she works hard, she's a team player, she is such a contributor. That means more to me than they have beautiful feet and legs. And so, and this is a, this is a very respectable business. People make a lot of money in dance right now. I mean, we could take, we could make more and we should be more respected in the Hollywood and movie scenes. I feel like, I feel like dancers are still the, the under, you know, they're kind of underpaid and under-respected, and I know that as a fact. 
but I know that Mandy Moore and these people that are in with the unions and things like this are fighting for dancers' rights. But it has never been a better time to be a dancer, and mm-hmm. it's it's just it's. I used to say it's the flavor of the month, which would mean that it would fade out, and people are like it's going to cycle out, but it's not cycling out. It is absolutely staying in the main front of commercials and movies and television and theater. It is um, becoming an amazing um, profession for people. Absolutely. And, and it's changing lives. It literally changes lives. You go into the inner city. I have a friend, Sean Perry, that has a wonderful corporation that goes into the very poorest places in India and hires some of our dancers, and they go there for six months and, and give back and, and teach dance as a, um, a way of uplifting their lives. So uh, it's just something that I feel every child should have the opportunity at one point to go to a dance class. And I feel like mm. it's a rite of passage with parents. You know, all of us will say, yes, I took dance, but I wasn't good at it. So I went into hair or something. <laughs> I talk yeah, to a yeah. lot of people that way. But it's a, it's a memory. And it's a memory that as a parent and a child, you can share. And hopefully you find a good place to take your child. Um, and, and if some people have questions on that, there are many resources as to what to look for for a good studio. But all in all, I mean, I think my community of educators, choreographers, dancers, directors, all of them are, are really on the same page and, um, and very big-hearted and will do many things to make sure that if a child wants to dance, we find ways of letting that happen for them. Yeah, you're so amazing. So let's just wind down our conversation by <clears throat> just kind of uh, one of the elephants in the room every single time I... I talk to someone like you, Kim, is my, it's a reflection back on my experience as an athletic coach. You know, I played football for 13 years. I coached at the high school level for six years. And one thing that intrigued me, we would have young men come out who were labeled ADHD. They were bad mouthed by people as being undisciplined, unreliable. And these young men came out and they never made a mistake. They stayed focused. They were never late. They worked harder than anyone else. And so here's my question to you that I think can be a great answer to so many parents. Um, Why is it that we can have a child who is labeled as a misfit or ADHD in, in our school system or society and have them show up to center stage and suddenly they become alive and they remember the combos and they they do what you're looking for. They become disciplined. They they come on time. They're respectful. They honor the the the, the, the arts. Why does that happen? And and how can we encourage that more as voters of legislators who can reinstitute or reengage the funding for the arts? I think this would be an opportunity for us to kind of get some people to join your tribe and say, we need to really support the arts. But why do you think that happens? That somebody can come from a, who's labeled as a loser and they find that they are actually a winner in center stage studio. Mm, I love those kind. I was those kind. Many of my people are those kind. It's just when you're born an artist and you're put in an environment where that isn't being nurtured, there's many times where you honestly just cannot find a way to live in that world. And I also am a big, big, um, I, I don't even allow, unless it's a heart problem or something like this, 
and, and it's a huge, it might be a very autistic child. That's a different thing. But I have asked all parents and um, my, my faculty to please not tell me anything about this child. I don't want to hear, I don't want to have one label on one child when they're handed to me at all. And I wow. have found later when parents come to me and say, oh, my goodness, we've never seen our child get through an hour. I have found that these children have risen to that expectation because I honestly didn't know they couldn't do it. And that's what happened with Mandy. We didn't know in this little tiny studio that we were going to be able to create dancers and minds that that think like she does. Um, I feel like that because they've cut the art funding, um, that, that it is really hard and we're seeing the impact on children's lives. I think that the arts need to be respected. And I feel like the, that um, the ADHD children or whatever, whatever's going on with them, whatever's happening is a product of us not realizing these children's potential and their talents and their ability. And we are, de- and we are just depressing parents. And these parents look at you. I, the most important things in a, in a person's life are their children and, and their money. And both of them I deal with on a daily basis. And I, and I also really feel strongly that um, so many people are like, oh, you poor thing, you have all these parents that are doing all these things and telling you their kids are so good. To me, parent is not a dirty word. To me, parent is something that I honor. And I honor their, them wanting to take these children that have been labeled as misfits, etc., and hand them to the arts and see what we can do with them. And, and 90% of the time, they will thrive because it is such a chemical release for a dancer to dance to music that they relate to and to perform and to be believed in. And then for the parents, it is what they, they sit and watch. Uh, how many people tell me they watch their kids' old, you know, dance movies, and that's such a family tradition. It's a, it's a rite of passage, like I said before. So if there are parents that are having issues with children like this, and there's another way of teaching dance, too. Many of my teachers do private. Or if a child really does struggle in a large class, this is a really good way for, for teachers to make extra money is that they will take these children and do a class of three and get them to the point where they need to be in that class. So we're not just handing, this, handing children that are not prepared for these upper level or for group classes. We are absolutely believing in them. And this generation deserves to form its own dance forms. We need to listen to this generation of dancers. This up-and-coming generation will create dance in a way that we've never seen, and it'll be those children, those um, dyslexics and those ADHDs are going to be the ones that are doing this, and they're going to be the ones that make the mark. And so I feel like just respect is, is what's needed in any evaluation of a child in the arts. I love it. So we've run out of time, my dear. My guest is Kim Del Grosso. How do we join your tribe? Give us one way. Do we look up Center Stage Performing Arts Studios? You can, How do you we... can totally look, you know, email me if you're interested at all. If you want to email me and I can have an assistant send you studios at different places. Very simple. It's just my name, Kim Del Grosso at Comcast.net. And I will answer every email. I will have someone send you an answer um, and, and get you from where you are in your nation, um, send you ways that you can have some some studios there and and just ways to accomplish your goals with your children. You're so amazing. Ladies and gentlemen, the amazing Kim Del Grosso. 
I love you. I honor you, my friend. Thanks for changing the world. I want to go on the air um, saying I'm emotional. This has to be one of the very best interviews and shows I've ever had. Thank you, my dear. We'll have you again. Thank you, Deb. I love you. Love you. Have a great day. Later. Thanks for being part of the show. Be sure to join Dan Clark next Monday, 3 p.m. Eastern Time, 12 noon Pacific Time, for another edition of The Art of Significance on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Remember, you too can achieve the level beyond success. 